I'm Richard Fieldhouse. And I'm Sarah Chambers. And we are going to have a run-through of the 90th edition of the Sessional GP magazine. And the first big thing to notice is that the format has changed. You can now read it easily on your iPad or phone. Richard, what's behind that change? Yeah, well, we thought for the summer edition, um, we'll try something new. We've had a lot of really good feedback about the, uh, the digital magazine. Um, a couple of things, we, we've made it more obvious who the authors are for each post. But also, um, uh, certainly from our, our, our statistics, our Google Online Analytics, is that by far the majority of readers were reading this on a tablet or a smartphone. Um, and so the original, for the last couple of years, it's actually sort of been in an A4 format where the page was in three columns and therefore the text was quite small. Fine if you're printing it out on an A4, but um, not so great if you're looking on a smartphone or, or a smaller tablet. So yes, we've we've changed it. So it's a bigger font. The um, the pages scroll. Uh, it's all in portrait format, um, and so hopefully this is going to be a better reading experience. You still got the videos. Sure. Yeah. Well, I I'm I'm scrolling through it now, and it, I I think it looks gorgeous. Um, really, really gorgeous. And you you explain about how to make it a a, a desktop. Save a copy on your desktop. Yeah, the, reference. the first yeah. article just with Plankton, they're called Sorted for Summer. Um, yes, if you scroll to the bottom of that page, yeah, it, how to make ease. If you're viewing it in Safari, which it doesn't work so well on Chrome, on, oh. on, on certainly on iPad, we've got only got iPads here, we don't have um, any other devices, but the um, the you can you, you could basically add it as a little app icon to your to the home screen of your of your your tablet and um, just ease, easily access it as and when when you need it then. Okay, and you've mentioned uh, new on the Standardised Practice Information Portal, or SPIP. Uh, how's things going there? Yeah, it's been going really good. We, we've um, It's been a busy year. We've, we've done loads of stuff behind the scenes, one of which recently has gone live, is the what we call the network functionality for SPIP. So that means that um, now we've got all these practices using the practice pack. We, call, we used to call it the practice pack, we're calling it SPIP now, Standardised Practice Information Portal. Um, what the network functionality allows is it allows those practices to invite or nominate their local CCG or GP Federation or local um, um, practice hub to add information higher upstream um, that that they're all their um, all, all their practices. So one organisation adds the information and then the the child practices, as it were, um, um, can then. Uh, Access the information uh, easily, weave it into their into their own information portal, so that, that um, it makes keeps the information dynamic, up to date, yeah. um, and it makes the whole crowdsourcing thing of SPIP much easier. And and and, and SPIP is free to GP practices now from August. So um, we've dropped the thirty six pounds a month fee to make it just uh, much more easy for practices to set these up. They can find as many GPs, locums, partners, salary GPs, members of staff, nurses to access the pack. Um, and it, it provides this fantastic uh, um, um, resource that they can access from home, from their smartphones, putting all this information on. Um, and we also give uh, with that, it comes as part of the practice manager membership. So only practices, this isn't for locums to set up. Or GPs, this is for the practice managers to, to start out because they need to authorise the content on it and all that sort of thing. 
Um, but when you as a member, um, as an NSU member or as an NSUP associate, log on to the dashboard, you'll be able to um, email, add in the email addresses of all your practice managers where you work and it'll automatically send them information on, on, on how to set their free SPIPs up. Yeah, I, I, I think it's one of the NASUP's sort of top top projects really and um, I think it, you know, why SPIP, why, we, why have we got involved with it? Well, it, as you say, it's an evolution on from the practice pack um, but it's involved, it evolved into, to, into to so much more um, as this sort of online platform for all this diverse practice information and it's very practice specific even uh, you know a guideline from a, a local ccg needs often to have practice specific um information added to it so they can actually work in the practice yeah. um and i'm just so i'm so proud of it and really it's why the NHP be doing it well it's using our special and unique status as gps and hopping between different practices and using that perspective to to um um, you know, shine a spotlight on, on information gaps and, and smoothing out the workings of practices and, mm. and, and their pra- they're working with locums. So I'm, I'm really um, proud of it. Um, and it's difficult to, to explain more about it and what it looks like, but what we've been doing is adding videos yeah. to the SPIT landing page as well. So um, this a general information video and then a sort of more under the hood live demonstration videos of, of a SPIP demonstration, SPIP in action. Yeah, see, because there's, there's, there's lots to explore there. You've, 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 over the last few weeks, you've recorded hours and hours and hours of content, of which we've then been put down into these very short, pithy videos. Brilliant. Okay. Um, gosh, and on to another exciting NESGP uh, project. This is just still on the first page of the magazine. You understand? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've, we've also been working on the um, on, on a, a new a new a new online platform for members. Some of our most popular downloads by far have been a combination of our our um, model terms and conditions, our um, our, our word document invoicing template. That's been very popular. We're members can can adapt that to send off invoices practice we've had a, a, a spreadsheet that's had 1300 downloads which is all the um locum a forms and locum b forms so very popular so what we've done now is we've, we've combined these into one single product which is to help um our any if you ever do any locum sessions it allows you to uh, set set these up with a calendar create invoices uh, sort your, your A forms, your B forms, um, um, confirm sessions, uh, uh, organise any cancellations, confirmation email system in it, all, 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 all online. So when um, you are, uh, it, this, it isn't live yet, it should be live over the next week or two. What you'll do is, is we're, we're releasing it in beta version. So um, on the dashboard will appear a new um, icon and um, a menu item and then you can uh, start testing it on that beta, beta testing on the invoicing system. I think it, it hasn't got a very inventive name is it? It's just called in, in, invoicing. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I've, been, I've been mainly involved in the, uh, if you like, the crash test dummy testing of it as a, as a, as a dummy locum if you like and it, it does uh, look pretty cool. It's working really uh, well. I, yeah. think, I think it's um, I hope it makes everyone's lives a lot easier and um, allows you know 
good communication with practices and reduces misunderstandings about what work was expected. That's certainly one of the aims. And um, we've because it's because it's um, we really want people to to get to get testing it and having a go. There's also in the help section. There's going to be a yeah um, feedback form. Yeah, so we, we it's, it's we'd really really appreciate your help here to to, to give it a go um, to to try and break it to let us know if you're having any problems that you find any bugs, but also if there are things on it that are missing that you would like mm, to see yeah. added. Um, we've we've added a few things of what should be coming up over the next few weeks anyway, but you can sort of vote for your favourite um, um, functionality that you'd like added sooner rather than later, or give us any ideas of of what you'd like. Um, it will be for for full NASGP members, for full paying members, but. Um, if you're an associate member, what we're doing is we're changing our associate membership from um, one week um, to six weeks uh, to enable to uh, and, and and if you if you were an associate a year ago, we're going to reset all our associate members. I think fifteen hundred of you um, back to six weeks, so you'll be all given an extra six weeks wow. to look around um, the invoicing system and have a look. Yeah, at Yeah, please do, please do. Do you think that's enough about us? Shall so, we move on to the meat of uh, the, the other lovely writers who've contributed this, this into this edition? And uh, Liz Densley, who's yes. a medical specialist accountant, has done an article on Locoming as a limited company. Yeah, we had a word with Liz about uh, about some ideas for for, for the, the for this August edition, and certainly that 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 came up because it's it's so many people are asking about advice for it about um, so this is you as as a, as a local either working self-employed as a, as a sole sole trader or self-employed or setting up your own company and effectively becoming an employee of your own company. Very common practice. Um, it sounds very simple. And I, I was saying to you, Sarah, earlier, wasn't I? It's like, it's like almost like the contraceptive pill. It sounds very simple. You know, take your tablets for 21 days and a seven day break or whatever. But actually when you dig under the surface, lot, it can be really complicated. And that's so with a limited company. Certainly list the pros, but yeah. also the cons and the cost and the effort and the, um, um, and, it, and it really it can be quite complex if you've got other yeah. business interests Obviously, going on. Obviously, the biggest headline, which I think is quite well known, is that you can't, uh, if you're running your uh, for bio limited company, you can't be in the NHS superannuation pension scheme. But there were other things that, that she talked about. It's very individual. I think the big take-home message was get advice. But there has been a change in the last budget on uh, taxation, which might make it less advantageous. There's now a dividend tax um, and there's also some changes that might come in in April next year, whereby uh, for for people who are uh, being employed, engaged, if you like, by public companies like practices, the practice gets to decide whether they would be an employer employee or not. So it, 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 it's, we're just going to have to see how that pans out. But as ever, the big advice was take advice. Yeah. Don't, yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll save you in the long run. Um, uh, we've also got uh, Sonia Hutton-Taylor, who has um, carried on with her series of the, sk- the skills needed to be a, um, a, a GP in the modern age. Um, and this article is very much about burnout. Gosh, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot about this at the moment. We've got a, some, some really good friends of ours who've... Suffered from this recently, and 
um, it's just what, what's re- really good about Sonia's article is, is you read it and you actually think, well, that's a bit basic, isn't it? It's got you know, it talks about yoga and tai chi and mm. making sure you go and see you. All obvious stuff. But the trouble is with burnout, was particularly with with our friends, is, is that it sneaks up on you. It's insidious. Yeah. You yeah. don't know when you've actually got it. And the what, 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 what thing is about people and their friends is we associate ourselves with people like us. So if people like us, our friends have got burnout, then that kind of puts us all at risk of burnout. So we are probably all high risk cases in being in our profession. But if we've got friends or colleagues with the same, um, but but yeah, some 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 simple but very good advice and just it, it's just all worth following. Yeah, and the thing I hadn't appreciated is that it's a different, if you like, a different diagnosis to you know, if, can we say just stress or uh, uh, feeling anxious? It's 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 has different manifestations. And uh, I think one of the things she asks in this uh, article is, is, am I in control of my career or is my career in mm. control of me? Which tilts thing, things a little bit more um, towards towards the burnout end of things. And yes, it's it like is, you say, yeah. you know, it's it runs through some pretty obvious things, but I think you can't say it often enough when you're dealing with a group of people like doctors, like GPs, who, uh, who buy certain perhaps have a tendency to certain sort of personality traits and you know eagerness and a vocation you know the sense of vocation and an eagerness to help others that means that it's tricky for them to spot themselves when they're ill and to uh, to recognize it and then actually to ask for help um so i I don't think you can say those things often enough or uh, have enough said about it really so thanks to sonia Mm -hmm. um and then we have uh rachel birch from the mps on um, a, a challenging colleague, um, which sort of goes with the sort of burnout article in a way, doesn't it? I suppose. Yeah, um, I think I think yeah, obviously organisational factors and the environment you're working in definitely plays a big role in burnout. Um, I think the thing with challenging colleagues, um, for, for me as a locum, when it's happened, I often haven't known at the time I had a challenging colleague. It's going back afterwards and uh, finding out that that you know by chance that someone has made a quip about you to a patient and, mm. and she, she describes a scenario in, in an article and it just reminded me um, perhaps of the care that all of us should take, all GPs, but perhaps the particular care that locums need to take uh, in, in documenting things. In my case, I certainly learnt uh, to doc to, uh, the, to you know to document any difficulties or to any referrals that I'd made to write down exactly what I'd done so that I couldn't later uh, be used as a scapegoat to say oh, well that referral didn't go because the locum didn't do it and that comes clear in this advice as well doesn't it is make good notes keep a record if you think um, someone is um, has, has got you in a kangaroo court without you even knowing about it keep good records yeah one hopes, one hopes yeah and seek, seek help seek advice speak to your defence organisation because you could be heading for a fall uh, and uh, uh, without knowing about it. Uh, Louise Hutton from Palette Medical Chambers has done a... Uh, uh, Louise is a, is a very regular blogger on, on, on the NESB website with summaries of guidelines and this one is, is um, placenta-based growth factor testing for yeah. uh, preeclampsia. Yeah, so hot off the press from NICE. She does make the point that it's um, it's made, it, it's going to be used in secondary care. Uh, it won't be GPs at the moment that are requesting this. 
Um, and there's probably, she hints that there's perhaps going to be an expansion of uh, how it's going to be used. But at the moment, um, it's, uh, we might be coming across ladies who've, uh, who've, who've got new onset, you know, hypertension in the later stages of pregnancy, a bit of protein in their wee, and they might be having these tests done up at the hospital and coming back talking about them and basically this placental growth factor stuff you're meant to have high levels of it in the placenta to help develop all the blood vessels and if the levels drop so low levels can mean um, that they're heading for preeclampsia it's pretty good she says 98 99 um, uh, sensitivity but there will be the occasional false negative so watch this space for people coming out of hospital with that but she she does put this useful reminder yes about prescribing end. aspirin in moderate and high risk groups from 12 weeks old type yes. 2 diabetes for example patient yeah. so high risk factors she, she lists some high risk factors for, for developing preeclampsia and uh, moderate ones and if you've got one high high risk factor such as having been hypertensive in a previous pregnancy or being diabetic or having chronic hypertension you, you go on to your aspirin 75 milligrams from 12 weeks until birth of baby um, and the moderate risk factors I believe it or not are first, first pregnancy, pregnancy but you have to have two moderate risk factors so first pregnancy so if you're at first pregnancy age 40 and over from my reading of this that would count as two moderate risk factors too and you'd be considering aspirin. Gosh, I yeah. hadn't thought of that. I didn't well, know that. Pregnancy interval of more than 10 years. Wow. So again, I guess if you're over 40 and or 40 and over and your last pregnancy was in your 20s, you might be thinking mm-hmm. about aspirin then. I did not know that. BMI of 35 or more at the first visit. A family history of preeclampsia. So on its own, you wouldn't be prescribing aspirin. But if it was your first pregnancy, you might think of it. That's I never ask about family history of preeclampsia, no, do you? I do ask. It tends to be something I think the midwives tend to ask about. Um, but I do ask. I do often ask if mum had any problems in yeah. pregnancy. Uh, and multiple pregnancy. See, yes, that's interesting. I thought that was a high risk factor. But, um, okay. Really good. The ever-wonderful Louise Hudman. And, oh, now, uh, uh, finally... Um, m- m- massive favourite of mine, Judith Harvey, who does these, um, who is just a wonderful writer and has such wide knowledge and uh, such wide interests and always brings something extra to the table. And she's here talking about dogs. It's called On the Scent of Cancer. I love the dog picture, Richard. Yes, that's Henry. That's my (laughs) my son's dog. Looking suitably naughty. Yes. yes. He's he's the last dog on on, on earth who'd give a job as yeah. <laughs> you help a dog. Um, no, unless you you needed lots of exercise and like going out late at night hunting things. Um, but yes, uh, uh, on, on on the value of dogs and and how um, they clearly enable and change so many people's lives for, for the better. Um, some really good stories in there. Uh, some really 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 sort of uh, sort of humanising. Of the the only dog relationship. Well, I, my, my favourite one was the one about the beagle who could detect with 100% accuracy the presence of uh, Clostridia difficile in stool samples. Mm. And, you can t- and they took the dog on the ward and it could detect who had C. difficile on the ward. Um, 
So it's talking about use of dogs in, in, in diagnostic tests. It is amazing. Do you think we'll ever have a day when we have dogs in our GP surgeries doing well, tests? That'd be wonderful. But I think it's more that that she she means that you know obviously it means that it, it, you know, there's also these anecdotal stories of of dogs pouring at their owners in certain locations and then that owner then subsequently finding they have a cancer at that site and you know what's what what an interesting line of research this is you know what is mm. going on in cancer cells and what does that tell us and what further research avenues could that open up but good old dogs love yeah them. and they cost around fifty thousand pounds a support to, dog yeah yeah um in terms of throughout their working life in terms of training ah uh, yes but yeah. she she says that they they people tend to have them for about six years so that's less than 10 grand a year for oh, somebody's yeah. life to be totally enabled so oh yeah brilliant penny, i'm sure yeah and then um um just a few more articles we've got uh, lindsay moran from australia who's uh um uh, our, our uk gp working out there for a few years uh, some interesting reflections from her on brexit seen from the other side of the world uh, and uh, we won't get talking about brexit will we no, no sorry no, too, too much too, too much too sad too soon um, and um, a, more, a bit of more of a comprehensive article on standards oh, practice spit. information portal. Yes, and spit and um, and there's there's a little we've we've put a little video in there as well. If you haven't already seen it, do have a look. Um, there'll be our dulcet tones and a little bit of, of useful information about it. Hey, we've come full circle then. We have back to spit. Yes, our yes. favourite thing. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, so we, we've been we had this is our first podcast since since the last edition of the magazine came out. But we've got we've got plenty more planned. Um, we'll be doing a whole series soon on on, on the locum um, consultation model. You'll find out what that's going to be, um, and uh, and and also um, more updates as the weeks go by. Anyway, thanks very much for listening, and keep a lookout for invoicing. Yes.